Hello there, I'm Miranda Gretton and this is Take a Moment with NCHC, the show where we talk to you and your colleagues about experiences that affect you. Listen on your drive between patients or in your downtime, whenever you get the chance to take a moment. Hello, my name is Claire. I am a community learning disabilities nurse for South Norfolk and I've been in the job role for 18 months, but I've been in the health service for 27 years in total. Hi, I'm Natasha. I'm a diabetes and tissue viability specialist podiatrist. I work in the west of the county. I've worked for the Trust now for 13 years. We're here to talk about perimenopause. So let's hear about your experiences. Natasha, do you want to tell us first off how you came to understand that you were going through the perimenopause? It was, it was about five years ago. Now it's 48. I, I actually work with endocrinologists and I'd had erratic periods for maybe uh, a year or two and I was only a 42, 43 and I thought mm, I don't know if this is normal so, so I asked my mum and she was very much oh I don't I don't know I don't remember any of that. My sister had a yeah, surgical induce menopause because she had to have her ovaries removed so I didn't have anyone to really ask because I actually asked one of the endocrinologists I work with and and he pretty much just turned around and said you're too young it's not happening uh there must be another reason (laughs) so so I went to the um GP initially and I said, I don't know what's what's happening. And they were like, oh, well, um, see how you get on. And, and that was it, really. And then maybe two years down the line, I was actually at a training course and the trainer was going through a PowerPoint on how we can support our patients with diabetes who have depression and anxiety. He had this long page on a checklist of things that you go through. And I sat there and I went, I have every one of those. And I actually was at the front and I, I, I and I was crying reading this as the realisation hit me that this is what's been happening to me. It took another couple of weeks until I, I got enough courage to actually go to my GP again and out comes this young male GP who I'd never seen before and I thought oh no he isn't going to understand and I have to say he was the most understanding kind GP Um, he went through everything we spent ages talking and I said well am I in menopause is this and he actually told me what the difference was between perimenopause and menopause because I I had no idea and he recommended I have some CBT and I went along to actually Wyndham because that was my nearest one um, and that was um, part of the well-being service and it just taught me how to cope with my symptoms I mean um it hasn't been easy, but uh, going to talk to them and realise that, one, I'm not losing my mind, this is normal. Yeah, that all helped. 
Claire, have you, what was your experience? Did you find that you hit some walls when you first went talking about it? My periods were very, very heavy to the point I was very anemic and my iron store levels were down to about 15 a lot of the time, even though I was taking iron. Um, so they put me on the marina coil, but I just found, I get reactive depression anyway, but I found, I found my depression was getting worse. I found I was getting hot flushes and getting more tired, but I went to the doctor and the doctor basically said they couldn't test it because the, the, if they took a blood test, it wasn't accurate. So I found I got more, more or less rebuffed. So I wasn't as brave as Natasha. I kind of gave up on it. Certainly, I meet a lot of the criteria, concentration, forgetfulness, the hot flushes at night time, the sleeplessness, the broken sleep. And I've had that for years and that's sort of just become like a normal for me, really. So, yeah, so I was kind of rebuffed and it wasn't really recognised for what it, what it should have been, I think. So Interesting. And you haven't been back? No. No, I haven't been back. Mm. I might be after this, actually. <laughs> I might go back now. You've inspired me. <laughs> I think that's a really good idea. I mean, what? So, what was stopping you from going back? Like, you obviously you, you were rebuffed. Was that? Was it literally just that you were like, well, if I go back, they'll say the same thing. So, what's yeah, the point? Basically, yeah. Basically, what is the point? Because I'll just go back and they'll say the same thing. So, I know a lot of friends who've, who are going through it and they've suffered very, very badly with depression and things like that. And I think it's very undervalued and uned, uneducated area of health isn't it really there's also there's also that um, uh, stigma Claire, of of being a healthcare professional and admitting that there's a problem that you, you can't deal with as well i think um yeah, yeah absolutely. i think i need to go back to my gp and maybe start on the hrt because i'm getting a lot of the symptoms again and for quite a long time, I felt brilliant. I actually felt like the old me. <laughs> and I was thinking, yes, I'm over this. This is like, and then I had a COVID and my periods like a kick, kick started again. <laughs> uh, whereas I hadn't had one for about eight months. It's all come back, the fatigue, the aching, the memory loss, yep. the... What day it is, and not even remembering people's names who I know really well. Um, that's the bad thing. Um, uh, thankfully, I haven't. It hasn't happened at work. I know how to work. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I know anatomy still. But uh, yeah, it is. It's hard to admit, isn't it, that you're not perfect, <laughs> as it were. <laughs> Yeah, that's an interesting side to it, isn't it? Because actually at work, you know, you're like you say, you know, you've been doing this for a long time, you know your job and you want patients to feel safe and, and yeah. comfortable and know that you're doing what you should be doing. And so if there's ever any kind of brain fog and you forget something that yeah, it must be quite scary, I guess, to, to admit. But but again, it's around the sort of stigma of talking about the menopause and perimenopause and periods and all of those things that we've sort of been told, you know, don't, oh goodness, don't talk about them. Um, you know, because if you were to say in a meeting, oh, sorry, I've just, I've lost my place or I've, I've got a bit of brain fog, you know, because I'm, I'm going through the perimenopause. Is that something you'd ever say? Do you feel comfortable <laughs> doing that? No. Even though, I mean, um, the uh, podiatry department is predominantly female and, and and older, I would maybe one to one, but I wouldn't in in a meeting. No, 
Isn't that interesting? Because, you know, there probably could be two or three other women going through the same situation. And and yet, we, you know, we're, and we're opening up the conversation, but we're not quite there yet with, with talking about it in those forums, which is totally fair enough, I think. So, yeah, I think the symptoms are really interesting to me because every woman I speak to about perimenopause has a different set of symptoms. And I think that's something that we do underestimate quite a lot of the time, that every woman goes through it in a different way. And the the symptoms that affect us mentally are something I think we don't talk about always you know it's there's a lot of focus put on the hot flushes and feeling different physically but what other kind of symptoms have you guys felt in terms of you know the that sort of brain fog that you're describing and and depression anxiety things like that what is there anything else that you've been experiencing I found I've got more anxious because I because I sort of worry I worry I'm not going to perform at work and I worry that I'm going to look silly and I think I think generally is it a female thing anyway. So when when you um, when you have children and you're pregnant, you're expected just to carry on, soldier on, and everything else. Yes, everyone makes a joke. Oh, you got pregnancy brain. But actually, if in your any if you're in a registered nurse or professional position, you are expected to do your job, aren't you? And yes. that is expected of you all the time. So you're pregnant, then you have the child, and then then you sort of bring up the child and work. And I think it's just a mentality that's carried on throughout the years. And women just cope when we just get on with it don't we mm. you know because we're just expected to we're expected to perform our role our professional roles well and effectively and to the to a high standard which is fine but sometimes it can be very difficult throughout our our life for women so for women particularly men do have changes but women's changes are very very drastic I think and we, ju- we just like I say the attitude is just get on with it it's, it's normal it's natural that's what happens yeah, and interestingly, that attitude is is one taken by quite a lot of GPs. That, yeah. that it's just there's nothing we can do. That's just what's going to happen to you, and you have to get on with it. And you know, in the yeah. workplace, especially in a profession like the NHS, it's very difficult sometimes. You know, if you're if you're a community nurse or you're you work in the inpatient ward and you're working with patients, you're wearing the PPE. It's fast paced. There's a lot to remember. It's mm. very difficult to manage that. I would imagine. How do you find it with patients? What, what kind of experiences have you had? I can't remember anything that happens at home. <laughs> but like I, my brain has prioritised, I need to remember about work and I need to remember this stuff. And I, I, I mean, you do things like writing things down. I, um, I use um, a system on tasks. You use little things, but I do think that my home brain sacrifice is um the sacrifice for my work brain because I feel uh, rightly or wrongly is a priority I think the effect of those symptoms also brings a lack of confidence and it was one of my managers my male manager who I don't see that often and and he actually yes said in the middle of me going through everything he said something's changed about you that people have noticed that you are not yourself and I I just said to him well I'm having some um therapy I'm 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 working through and I I haven't asked any more than that but I, I think it was because I wasn't as confident and and everybody knows me as being quite confident in my abilities and my knowledge that I am but I just had lost that. How did that make you feel when he said that were you a bit offended by that? 
part of me was glad that he was being acknowledged, but no, absolutely. Part of me was absolutely horrified that it had it had leaked through to my work life that that people had noticed. So um, yeah, it's 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 difficult because not everybody did say anything. I mean, I mean, thinking a lot how we say grumpy old women and grumpy old men, and I do think I am turning into a grumpy old woman, and I do think that is after um, perimenopause that you think, well, life is too short. I need to get on with it. I can't be, <laughs> can't be dealing with time wasters anymore. So um, yeah, I think I've turned into a grumpy old woman. That's what it is. <laughs> I'm forty-eight. <laughs> I think I've always been a grumpy old woman. I quite, I quite enjoy being a grumpy old woman, to be honest. I'm only 39, so. <laughs> um, Claire, have you had a similar kind of experience in the, in your team, you know, with how you're coping with it? It's like you saying the grumpy old woman thing. With me, I find I'm not getting so grumpy. I just don't have the energy for people anymore. And I don't have the tolerance. <laughs> I've got so much energy and that's all I can manage. So, so if I go on a visit, obviously like the the adults flow and disabilities and their, and their carers and their or their families are priority so I do that then I come home and my like you say my memory's gone for home completely it yeah. never was that great because I've got dyslexia as well but it's just completely gone so the kids are constantly reminding me have you done this have you done this? have you done the other and I end up getting snappy and saying well when do you think I'm going to find time I do this and I have to work and everything and um and the poor kids kind of get it in the neck a bit but <laughs> <laughs> because I'm trying to uh because I've I'm just just tired just tired and yeah. I I get tired of concentrating so one thing I have found is quite funny I've started doing this dance class on a Monday evening and that's quite funny so so women in their 40s and I'm sitting there dancing to Paula Abdul which is <laughs> making me feel oh, a bit cool. better. <laughs> <laughs> oh I love that yeah, that's, that's a great what, idea yeah I like that I can't keep up with the routines but you know so I found that's that helped a bit a bit oh, of exercise yeah, doing something different something for myself I don't know about you but I think I think I've sort of got to the stage of my life I think I've given a lot of my life to other people to bringing up a family and want a bit of my own time back yeah it's really interesting that you both say that you your your brains have sort of somehow without you trying have prioritized work over home because yeah. it's it's almost like that that instinct that something has to give because of what's what's you know happening to your yeah. bodies at the moment and the thing that is giving is the is the home life and and therefore as a knock-on effect yourselves and I think as a caring in a caring profession anyway priority for yourself is is way down the list but but obviously clearly your brain is doing that for you um at the moment and so the fact that you are refinding something for yourself Claire is great like it's it's a real inspiration to women to say well actually no do you know what I'm going to put I'm going to recognize that yeah. what I'm doing is prioritizing work and therefore my home life is maybe you know not so much suffering but is taking a hit and so I'm going to do something about it I'm going to go into a dance class and I think that's fantastic I, I wonder whether a lot of women are doing that you know sort of subconsciously you're on autopilot aren't you you yeah. know making dinner putting the wash on running the hoover around it's all stuff that you don't necessarily need to give that much thought to yeah. so that is the area of your life where things are going to naturally be lower down the priority list I guess yeah how I mean, have your families coped your your partners your kids how how are they coping with what you know do you talk openly with them about what you're experiencing 
Um, I have two, two, I have an older son and a daughter, and then I have a younger daughter. My two older kids who are 23 and 19, I have been quite open with them and I've talked to them about it. And it's especially my son, because I said to him, it's important that you that you under understand um my daughter obviously will come to understand eventually but my son i really wanted to know and and he can and he can see when i'm when i'm tired and i've had enough and he'll be like okay i need to take over a little bit now <laughs> my husband i have to say has been amazing he he puts up with me being annoyed and frustrated at the fact I can't do something because I just physically can't think how to how to do it or my joints are aching or I, I, I just can't remember something so I have to say he's been amazing but it, it took me it, it wasn't until I went to the uh, doctor and I told him and he was amazing and and he actually said hey, you need to tell your family about this but I actually sat my husband down and I explained it and 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 he obviously had noticed that there was a difference and that I was angry and annoyed and all the time and so yeah I have to say my, my family have been really supportive. My husband's been very supportive and understanding I can go oh I'm getting hot he'll open the windows and he'll get the fan down things like that he is quite uh, he's very good in that way my older son who's 23 is very good and you can see when I'm tired and he'll just take over and cook dinner I've got mm -hmm. a 16 year old who isn't quite getting there but I think at 16 you haven't quite developed the empathy anyway have you really so <laughs> so he is pretty good a lot of the time but I do have to ask him as my older son would go well mum you look shattered do you want me to uh cook the dinner for you or can I do this or can I do the other so I am quite lucky in that way and it's a bit of a joke in our family so I was sitting there going, oh, I'm having a hot one. I'm having a hot one. Oh. <laughs> but I think that's a great way of talking about it, isn't it? But especially to, to boys, you know, I've got two sons and I think that's a great way to approach it with them is, you know, mm. just make it everyday life, everyday conversation. Yeah. It's not a scary topic that you need to sit them down and say, right, boys, mum's going through the menopause. You know, it's actually just, you know, it's daily, it's constant, it's relentless and I need your help. You know, that's a great way of dealing with it there is there's still a lot of research that we have to go away and do and there's still a lot of conflicting conversations i think there's still a lot of work to be done on research as well you know to, to really find out what's going on and a lot of the research that i've looked at um i had a conversation on a podcast that said that a lot of the research is done by men yeah <laughs> so, well hang on a second <laughs> they don't really understand do i they? am a friend of mine um, uh, suggested a app, I think it's called Balance, and it's led by one of the leading doctors on menopause research. And it's a good tool, actually, if you want to um, check your other symptoms or if you want to gather info to go to the GP with. Thank you for listening to Take a Moment with NCHC. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please visit the podcast intranet page to leave a comment and for details of our other episodes. 
You can also follow NCHC on all social media channels.